Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for November 19th, 2018. I'm Scott and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work full-time on CircuitPython, which is amazing. Uh, we have a couple other folks in this chat uh, who are also sponsored by Adafruit, so uh, go buy something from Adafruit and thank them. Um, in general, this uh, meeting happens every week and anybody from the CircuitPython community is welcome to join in. Uh, the meeting happens on our Discord channel, which you can go to adafru.it slash Discord to join. Uh, check out the CircuitPython text chat and the CircuitPython voice chat for where this meeting happens. Happens at 11 a.m. Pacific on Mondays, which is 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and everybody's welcome to join, as I said. Uh, the meeting is also recorded, so if you do join, beware that uh, things are being uh, recorded and will be posted both to Diode Zone and YouTube. So uh, if you have a preference on where to where to watch it, it's available in both of those places. Um, the meeting is four parts. We start with a state of CircuitPython, which is just an overview that Katni and I do about the core, the state of the core, and the state of the libraries as well. Uh, both two critical pieces of the CircuitPython project. Uh, we follow that up with our first session of Round Robins, which is Hug Reports, which is uh, a chance for everybody who's in the meeting to say a thank you to other folks for the work that they've been doing. And uh, we do that in Round Robin format. So I'll start, and then we go down the list of people in the voice cha channel, uh, giving them a chance. Uh, if you're text only, like you don't have a microphone, feel free to type into text and all, into the text chat, the CircuitPython channel, uh, and I'll read it off. And then uh, if you're lurking and just want to be skipped, let me know that as well. Um, so after hug reports, we'll do status updates, which we do in the similar fashion. Uh, but this time we'll talk, talk briefly about what you've been working on and what you plan on working on in the coming week. Uh, it's great for just tips and tricks of like if somebody's if you're working on something similar to what someone else has done or they have thoughts or ideas, um, it's a good chance to cover those. And then finally, we'll do a an in the weeds section, uh, which is just any topic that we want to talk about that doesn't fit into any other any other section. Um, so yeah, that's the structure of the meeting. As I said, everybody is welcome. Um, and let me know if you're looking or if you're text only, and I'll read it off. And uh, you'll hear me taking notes because the notes go up with the video recordings, and they include uh, time codes so that you can skip around if you like. Um, and with that, I will take a time code and go into the state of CircuitPython. Um, all right. So overall, uh, this this is kind of a statistics view of CircuitPython. Um, in the last week, I pulled these. Actually, I pulled these from the Amazon S3 bucket. Thanks to SummerSoft, we uh, run it automatically every night. Um, and so I, I actually pulled these from there, which is great. Um, so uh, overall, we had 20 pull requests merged uh, from seven different authors. So uh, pretty good engagement and six reviewers, which is great as well. Um, overall, we had nine closed issues by five people and nine opened by seven people. Uh, so we're even on uh, on issues issues wise, which is good. Um, although I did close a couple last night after I took these numbers, so they're better than this. <laughs> That's why I like to do all my emails and stuff after that, uh, or yeah, I usually do it before I pull these numbers. But 
that'll be different now. Um, and then in general, if I had to say uh, the summary overall, uh, Katni's been rocking the libraries, um, getting making sure that everything's been released. Summersoft has been a huge help with that as well. So our libraries are in a best, better state than they have been ever, I think. Um, and Brennan has been helping on the Raspberry Pi side as well. Um, and then in terms of the core, uh, I released Alpha 3 last week. It's more alpha than ever. Um, we've got a couple good bug reports already, and I just wanted to um, thank everybody to, who's tested that. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll find some fixes for the issues that have come up and release an alpha 4 this week as well, um, just to get it a bit more stable and to, to feel better about the, the USB stack stability. So uh, that'll be good. And now, um, so that's overall. And then core-wise, um, we had nine pull requests merge from four authors, and uh, we had three re three reviewers for those not for those nine pull requests. Uh, we have six open. Uh, if you want to see the six that are open, please check the notes. We have them listed here. Uh, Issues-wise, we closed six issues and uh, opened five. So again, we're hovering right around even, which is great. And uh, we had ninety-four open issues. Um, total. So that number seems too low to me, but I'll have to check that. I think it's more like 150. Um, but I could be wrong. Yeah, that number's wrong. I don't know why. Um, GitHub says it's 152 open. So I will take a look at that. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I found a bug. Um, download stats wise, 4.0 Alpha 3 was released on Thursday last week and had 67 total downloads. Um, which interestingly, nine of those were for the MKR 1300. Uh, so if you want to see all of the statistics um, in terms of downloads per board, uh, check that out uh, or check the notes out. We have it broken down by both board and by language. So check that out. Um, our latest stable release is 3.1.1, and we've had uh, 1,989 total downloads. Um, and again, feel free to check the notes for more details. Uh, let's go on to Katni for libraries. All right. So we had 11 pull requests merged this week, um, four authors and six reviewers, which is great. Um, we have 10 open pull requests at the moment. Um, a couple of those are just waiting testing, um, and uh, I'm waiting on hardware to test a couple of those myself. Um, and we had, with issues, we had three closed by three people and four open by four people, which is great um, in my mind, uh, because that means a lot of people are uh, involved. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, we have 62 open issues, which I think is accurate um, across all of the across all the repos. And um, as you can see, we have a much cleaner uh, set of um, information regarding all of the um, issues, all the repo level issues, um, now that we separated out the new, the newer empty repos hmm. um, to be in their own thing. So uh, there's actually a library tracking issue available on the CircuitPython repo um, that has all of these um, 
ones that don't you don't that you don't have listed um, actually listed out. So all the possible fixes that are available for libraries um, is available in that issue. I will be updating that again today. It gets updated weekly. Um, if it's if you're interested in getting started with CircuitPython, that's a great way to um, to get started. Is looking at um, issues on libraries. A lot of them are real simple fixes um, that. And if you want uh, any help with that, feel free to ping us. Um, there's a, a guide on using GitHub to contribute to CircuitPython, and um, it's uh, it's it's would be super great. So if you're looking to get started, um, libraries are a great place to start. So check that out, and that's what we've got. Awesome, thank you. Um, very excited to see all of the the library improvements. So thank you, Katni, and everybody else who's helped. Um, all right, let's move on to hug reports. I'll take a time code here and move on to that. Um, in general, hug reports is a chance for you to say thank you to the folks, uh, other folks in the community for the work that they've been doing. Uh, this is both just nice uh, to say thank you to other people, but it's also really good in that uh, because we do it publicly, we kind of establish what is valuable to us as a community. Um, so that's really good. Um, I will start uh, because I like to do it as an example. Um, first and foremost, I wanted to say thank you to everybody who has tested Alpha 3 so far. Uh, we found a number of issues, uh, minor issues, I would say, uh, not not like ground halting, terrible issues. Um, so thank you to everybody who uh, has supported that. Um, please keep testing it. Uh, let's the tiny usb stuff is all new so we need to make sure that it's super solid by the time we do a 4.0 stable um i over the weekend i was doing fpga work and i wanted to just shout out to mithro uh, tim ansel for helping me through that and get, getting me set up i'm really curious to see usb from the perspective of the hardware that's actually implementing the device uh, so that's been really fun trying to get the their soft usb peripheral running on uh, the tiny USB that TAC wrote. So that would be really cool. And that's the same USB stack that we just swapped CircuitPython to as well. Um, so exciting things there. Um, I wanted to hug report to Ben Shockley for the mini SAM board PR. Didn't get merged quite in yet because uh, it had, hasn't been quite updated to, to all the changes I did. Uh, but that's very exciting to see. Uh, mini SAM is the, are, is the like robotic looking board. Um, that runs CircuitPython, which is cool. Um, thanks again to uh, TAC for being receptive to those of us who are changing TinyUSB and getting more people on board with TinyUSB as well. That's very exciting. And then uh, lastly, uh, thanks to Katni for all the library day work. Um, it's very, very nice to see the libraries uh, kind of get cleaned up on a weekly basis. So I really appreciate that. Okay. Um, and now we have uh, some folks who are not uh, present in the meeting, but wanted to say uh, hug reports to folks. So I'll just quickly quickly run those down. Um, I guess I didn't say it earlier, but if you are unable to make the meeting but want to provide hug reports and status updates, uh, feel free to reach out to uh, me, Katni, Dan, um, and we'll read it off during the meeting. So first and foremost, uh, Andon said a customary hug report to everyone since you are all awesome. Um, thank you, Andon, and glad you got a new job. That sounds exciting. Uh, Brent says, um, thanks to Jerry N for continued help with testing tiny Laura, um, B Bozer on GitHub for adding a 
percent soft reset magic to the CircuitPython Jupyter kernel. It makes for easier debugging. Um, TG Techie says, uh, huge hug to the community. I looked down at my work today, and there is no way I could have done this at my current level without Python. Your work and standardization has made it so easy and enjoyable to code for controllers. Thank you all so, so much. Happy Thanksgiving to all. So thank you, TG Techie. And uh, Lady Ada said, uh, big hug reports to Tanute and Tack for a huge USB rewrite, and hug report to Brennan and Katney for character LCD hacking. Um, so those are all the folks who are not in the meeting. Um, Brennan, do you want to read yours off or paste it into the text chat and I'll read it off? Thank you for having. All right, I'll start reading it while you paste. Um, Brennan says, uh, hug report to Carter for picking up the chained TLC5947 support after I dropped the ball. And uh, thank you to Katney for taking a on the character LCD library updates. Um, Carter is lurking but says group hug. And we'll go on to C. Grover, who I think is also text only. Yeah, C. Grover says, uh, group hug to the team and community. The help and support are amazing. Katney's character display work will be a real time saver. Wildly anticipating Tan Newt's USB implementation. Also, I appreciate the exposure to advanced topics, even though I don't understand many yet. Yeah, happy to happy to talk advanced stuff. Um, all right, Dakota. Howdy. Um, group hugged all and. Uh... Every time I say that, I realize there's a danger that if we all just say group hug to everyone, sometimes uh, it, it doesn't have the impact that it should. So I'm going to try and tease out a couple specifics, okay. which for me is difficult okay. with, with my memory issues. Um, so as part of that group hug, if any of you have ever written something down, published anything, or created anything <laughs> and recorded it, Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, because as part of the community, uh, people are trying to learn stuff. And that's one of the sources that they learn from. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. always out there, even when the people aren't here in Discord for people to get to it in the wee hours of morning when we're, <laughs> when we're awake and right. other people. Um, and for some of us that have memory issues and might be a little embarrassed about asking the same question the third time in two days, mm -hmm. um, it gives us something to refer to without annoying people. Um, and secondly, um, I'm a member of a number of communities, and some of which are tapering off um, uh, because of the, the age mm -hmm. uh, and the interests of some of the people that are that are members of those communities. This is one of the few communities that I'm a member of that are growing, that are that are vibrant. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that's because of efforts like group hugs that that people are mm -hmm. actively feeding into the community. So right. those, those little things that you do are important. So thank you. Awesome. Well said. Thank you so much. Okay, Dan. Hi. Uh, so uh, there's two things this week. So I've been talking to Kevin Townsend, K-Town, who uh, works for Adafruit, uh, um, kind of offline about um, a lot of BLE stuff as I'm working on the BLE 
uh, API and underlying implementation, and he's been very helpful. Mm -hmm. And then thanks again to Jerry this week for testing, as usual, testing our new builds and finding problems with them, and then documenting those problems, providing traces and all that kind of stuff. It's really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Um, all right, Drew. Uh, yeah. Uh, wanted to thank uh, Lady Ada for suggesting a better workaround for getting I2C to work um, on the BeagleBone um, to detect what was on the bus. So uh, thanks to her for that. Awesome. Uh, all right. Thanks, Drew. Jerry? Yeah, well, thanks to, to you and Dan for, again, for the awesome work on the, the USB stuff and, and the continued rapid response to the, <laughs> you know, to getting it going. Uh, it's, right. It's amazing challenge. And, uh, and a shout out to, to Brent R for his continued work on the uh, Tiny Laura stuff. It's coming along really well. He's got it, you know, the Python implementation going along. And that's, that's great to see. Awesome. Yeah, well, Jerry, I feel like the very first time I interacted with you, the promise was always like, I'm going to move fast, but I'll always fix your bugs as like one of my top priorities. <laughs> so you've definitely taken me up on that, and I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, uh, last but not least, Katni. So uh, I just want to give a giant hug to Brennan for getting me started with updating character LCD, um, taking on my first major driver work was incredibly daunting. Um, and I had a lot of help um, with getting started and figuring out how to turn um, stuff that seemed uh, completely impossible for me to do into um, figuring it out. So thank you very much for that. And a group hug to everybody else. Awesome. All right, we just had a couple of folks join. Uh, TG Techie, I read your hug reports out already. Um, and Pink Vampire, you just joined, so I'll give you a chance to get caught up with where we are. Um, but we are just going on to status updates. Uh, we'll do it as a round robin. So I'll start, and then TG Techie can go, and then we'll go back to Brennan and down. Um, if you didn't get a chance to say hug reports, feel free to throw it in there uh, as well. So I'll take a time code. Uh, so this is status updates. This is uh, another round robin, and it's uh, briefly what you've been working on in the past week and what you plan on working on in the coming week. Um, it's a holiday week in the U.S., so it might be nice to also mention if you're going to be gone, um, if you're okay disclosing that. So uh, think about that as well. Um, all right, I will start us off. So uh, last week, last Thursday, I released Alpha 3, which is very exciting. Uh, felt like we got to the, the tiny USB stuff uh, to the point where it was kind of usable um, or was usable, and then we found a couple bugs. Um, so I have that USB debug debugging to do today. Hopefully, I'll figure that out. Um, I'm working on USB MIDI, so I'm hoping to finish that in the next couple days as well. Um, this weekend, I was playing around with FPGAs and LightX, which is uh, like build your own system on a chip or design your own system on a chip using open source uh, IP, which is really, really cool. Um, particularly helping uh, with the USB side of that. So designing a USB peripheral to go on an FPGA and integrating that with tidy USB. Um, my goal is kind of to 
get tiny USB as the like standard open source USB stack in the long term, which I think would be great. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm working on. Uh, Thanksgiving is here in the US on Thursday. I'm busy during dinner, but in general, I'm going to be around this weekend. So we'll be doing a mixture of more USB hacking, both for FPGAs and for uh, the core more mainline circuit python stuff as well so usb midi and debugging any debugging that comes up as well so um i should be should be around um all right and i will before we go to tg tg techie uh let me just read off brent's status update as well which i have here um brent says uh working on a release of tiny laura for circuit python Began work on this last week after releasing slash bug fixing the Arduino library. Uh, things ne- network for CircuitPython, exclamation point. Uh, have most of the hardware classes fleshed out, finished up the AES implementation it requires on Wednesday. Uh, to do will be adding message integrity checks <laughs> with the security for the win in parentheses. Uh, bring it all together, uh, size slash speed optimizations running on an M4 right now and lots of testing. So that's Brent's update. Um, and now we'll go to TG Techie. What's your status update? Hi, so I'm um, I'm walking home. So if there's any trouble <laughs> hearing me, would you please just tell me to repeat it? Yeah, it sounds good so far. OK. Um, so as always, I've been working on my GUI for my tricorder. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm finally ready to alpha test some of the software. Cool. Uh, it currently only runs on M4 because it's huge right now, <laughs> um, but it should be portable to most peripherals like MPR or mm. MPR one to one capacitive or just regular old buttons. Right. So if anyone is willing to lend a helping hand in alpha testing, I'd greatly appreciate it. Awesome. So they should just ping you on Discord then. Please do. Sounds perfect. And I'm really, I, I do intend on taking a look at it also when I do the display I.O. work. I, th- I think supporting your GUI stuff that you've already done is a really good start. So thanks for doing that. Thank you all. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, let's go to Brennan, who's, I think, uh, text only today. So says uh, Brennan says, uh, some assistance last week to Katni on the character LCD library update slash testing. Uh, created a hacky install script for libgpod on the pi slash raspbian. Uh, working on libgpod pulse in, a small C shim for pulling GPIO values on Linux systems. Uh, testing the TLC5947 chaining. Uh, improving Blinka platform detection slightly and out Thursday and Friday. All right. And Carter is lurking, so we'll go to Seagrover. who says, posted video as well. Um, Seagrover says, deployed the circuit Python and Trinket M0 holiday window lights this weekend, although they won't be activated until after Thanksgiving. Uh, East controller box has its own piezo that plays a fanfare whenever the lights turn on or when they automatically turn off after six hours. Uh, also tested the front panel and audio output features of the lunchbox music synth, which is circuit Python 311 Feather M0 Express custom purple PCB. Uh, next steps are to finish testing the analog inputs and outputs, implementing the MIDI stack, and tune the default DSPG1 synth voices. And there's a video here, and you can check the 
the note the notes for the url as well um it looks super cool and i'm curious to know about the midi stack because we're gonna we need an official midi stack so maybe we should pull together the code that you and old crow wrote to to have an official midi transmit stack sort of thing all right uh thanks c grover and let's move on to dakota um the most important thing i think i accomplished was i got an order in on the the 4020 the neo new neo trellis uh, kit Ooh. Uh, which reminds me of a, of a late hug whosever idea it was to put for put together that kit and put it in the store they they get a big hug <laughs> um other than that i'm doing my homework on getting up to speed on circuit python uh, looking at all the references and all the videos and the, the uh, documents i can find um getting all my power supplies and boards and cpxs and feathers and all that in working <laughs> order so that i can uh, do some practice work but sounds like a lot of fun oh much much fun but not much progress with no memory yeah well writing things down i'm sure helps and if there's if there is anything that you find that isn't written down or documented well please uh let us know and we'll we'll fix it a uh, lack of documentation is definitely not a problem. <laughs> yes. E- yes. Everything is, is wonderful, I have to say. Great. Awesome. Well, I'm glad it's going well so far. All right, Dan. Okay, so um, in preparation, Scott wanted to do a release last week, so um, he reminded me that we should merge in the 3.x fixes, of which mainly... Um, uh, swapping frozen and lib, which you put into 3.1.2 or 3.1.1, I mean, uh, I merged that into master and a couple of other minor things. And then we did the release. And then um, the other thing that I've been working on is still working on BLE, which is like weeks now. And there's a reason for that because it's complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm continuing that. Awesome. Along with the usual support stuff. Yep. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. All right, Drew. Um, yeah, I was able to um, test out um, some changes that Lydiata suggested for um, detecting uh, what devices are on the ITC bus. Um, and that seems to resolve the issue that we were having with the BeagleBone and also not cause uh, regression for some other sensors that didn't like just having a read of one byte. So mm-hmm. looks like that logic now should work. Um, and just push to commit to um, my branch of uh, CircuitPython bus device. So um, I think there was just a comment to see if uh, Dan and you could take a look at it. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think it should it should be good. Okay. Yeah, feel free. if you ever feel like you're waiting on me to get back to you and it's been over a day, please just ping me directly. And I'll take a look. Okay. Oh, this was just now. This was like seven minutes ago. All right. Well, your 24 hours is still going. <laughs> okay. But in general, like if I like sometimes I go to he- heads down on stuff, but my intention is not to block people. So this goes for everybody. If if I haven't responded to something you you need me to respond to in 24 hours, and it's not the weekend and I'm not on vacation, then feel free to ping me. Um, yeah, so bias on bias on towards pinging me if you need to know. Um, Same for me. Yeah, awesome. Okay, thanks, Drew. Uh, Jerry. 
Um, yeah, spent uh, way much more time than it should have uh, embedding a gamma gamma M zero and a and a uh, accelerometer in this little hamster. <laughs> <laughs> so that it, it moves, you know, when you move it around, it changes colors. So it's hopefully going to entertain a three year old this weekend. I bet it will. I think <laughs> it'd entertain me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, let's see what else I've been up to. Uh, spent a, a bunch of time playing with the, the again the Blue Food SPI thing too, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, uh, it, it, one of the things about reading the forums is that people ask questions um, that prompt me to think, oh, gee, that, that'd be a fun thing to do. Uh, you know, if someone's having, especially if someone's having a problem with something, right, you know, playing with it. This, this came up about trying to hook up uh, the blue fruit to a, to a CircuitPython Express, mm. and it turns out to be a lot of fun. It uses up almost all the pins on the CircuitPython Express, but it, it does work. <laughs> and, and so then, you, you know, with the iPhone, with the iPhone app, you can uh, turn turn the uh, lights on and uh, actually, you know, play with the accelerometer and ac access all the sensors. It's mm. really kind of fun. Um, and then um, just spent some time fixing up the uh, um, um, RFM 69 library to allow the user to access the Radiohead um, header. Mm -hmm. which means that you can have multiple radios then on the same thing and you can distinguish between them because the header contains a to and a from address. Ah. And uh, something I'm doing that really is handy if you have more than one radio. So uh, the header was there. It just wasn't accessible, wasn't mm -hmm. brought out to the user before. So got that in for the 69 and I'll try try this week to get that into the um, for the RFM 95. Okay. I, I may not get it done before, um, after tomorrow I'm head, heading off for Thanksgiving. So probably won't get to it until, uh, until I get back. Okay. But uh, other than that, just uh, trying to keep keep breaking things. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate the breakages and have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, you, you too. Thanks. All right. Uh, Katni. All right. So last week was, as always, Library Monday. Um, updated the library tracking issue, verified all the libs are in the bundle, and released any libs with commits since release. I think the bonkers huge release was not last week. I think it was the week before, but um, we are almost entirely up to date on um, released libraries being released when there are commits. Uh, so tested the I squared C RGB character LCD shield with CircuitPython, it turns out that the lib had no support whatsoever for it. Um, so then I dove into trying to add support for it and realized that uh, Character LCD itself was using um, driver shims, basically, hmm. that were written into the library for the chips. Mm -hmm. And we now have an external library for um, for two out of three of the chips. Right. Um, so that's MCP230XX. So I and the other chip is the 74HC595, which I wrote a library for, and now that has its own library as well. So now Character LCD relies on two external libraries, but should be much faster um, and much easier to use. Awesome. Uh, so that got completely refactored. And then in the refactoring, it meant updating everything to match design guidelines and use properties and um, all kinds of crazy stuff. So that's what I've been doing basically all week. Mm -hmm. um, has been my first real driver work. Um, so that's, and, and it works, everything works. It's just a matter, I'm, I was finishing up um, doc strings and uh, updating the examples to match the changes, but it's pretty much ready for a PR. 
Awesome. So um, other than that, I PyPI'd the MPL 115A2 and the 74HC595 still needs to go up on PyPI. Um, so today will be Library Monday again. Um, this week, I will get the PR in for character LCD. Um, Lamore wanted to look at that first. So before I actually put in a PR, I'm going to send it to her and so I can get some reviews on that before it actually goes in. But then once it goes in, um, I would be happy to have uh, reviews from anybody who wants to do that on that. Um, I haven't tested it with standalone uh, character LCDs because I soldered all of them to backpacks or shields. Mm -hmm. um, so they are on the way to be ordered. Um, but if anybody has, once I get that pushed, um, just the character LCD like standalone uh, and wants to test that, that would be great. Um, I need to test the LSM 90S0 uh, spy update. I have it wired up. It's just um, had other things that were uh, priority. So it's it's waiting for that. Get that done this week, I hope. Um, I need to finish the page for the NeoPixel toggle demo for the Trellis M4. There's a page going into the guide, so that will explain arrays and using set. Um, and uh, we'll show like basically how to use the library to write a whole piece of code versus um, the regular guide page just, just shows you what the features are. Um, and uh, other than that, there's a whole list of other things if I actually get through all of that um, <laughs> that I have to do. But I will be around for the most part this week and weekend. Um, I will also be busy during dinner. Uh, but other than that, um, should be around okay. uh, for the rest of the time. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Katni. And yep. uh, last but not least, Pink Vampire. Do you have status updates? Um, not much because I'm not uh, really gonna do any programming uh, this week. I'm more on uh, kind of metal stuff. I'm a machinist. So right. I basically do like stuff out of metal. Mm -hmm. uh, I did a little quick project uh, not long ago. I machined my own uh, soldering iron piece on the on the leg. That's <laughs> cool. Kinda, yeah, it was kind of a horrid project that I really want to kind of get done because I really want to modify something really delicate and hmm. needed a very fine tip. <laughs> and machine one was much faster than getting it. That's so cool. <laughs> Just uh, stuff like that. Awesome. Well, that's a great status update. Super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for joining the meeting. Oh, thank you. All right. And with that, that is status updates. Um, the last section we'll have is the in the weeds discussion and uh we don't have anything any topics i i don't think i said but if you have topics jump drop them in the text channel um but do we have any maybe we don't i have i have a quick one all right go ahead so um we are adding um to the trellis m4 library um auto write and show uh, that part is fine. However, the question I have for you is, mm -hmm. is there a reason that you had auto write set to false in a knit um, for the NeoPixel array um, class? Or is that something that can be set to true to handle the rest of the addition of auto write as a, um, as a property that can be settable? Mm. Or okay. do you want me to just ping you with this afterwards? I don't remember why I had it there. I have been lurking on that discussion and thought you guys were doing you you were doing a okay. good example so 
I'm not worried right, about then. it. That's why I didn't chime in. <laughs> okay, then I will I will post the comment I already had typed up and call it good. Perfect. All right, that was my awesome. Yeah, that was my one thing. All right, uh, let's go to TG Techie then. Ah, okay. Audio back? Yep, I can hear you. Um, so this might be. Uh, tell me how in the weeds this actually is, please. But um, I was working surprise on the GUI, and I'm running into memory errors uh -huh. because when I delete a module, like I import time and say del time, yeah. um, the imported text from the external flash it doesn't seem to go away. Maybe I'm wrong. Do you mean like the text that is the code or like text that is a string in the code? Text that is the code itself. Right. It's complicated um, because okay. potentially there's more than one thing that refers to it. And okay. so it basically like we provide no guarantees. You can actually delete it um, out of memory. Okay. Um, it's something we could probably figure out how to do, but um, I don't. Okay. I don't know if it works or not. <laughs> Is it? Are you Got doing it. this in, in the REPL? Like, why? Why would you delete? Um, so in my GUI, I have it so that a um, it's like a little launcher in your phone, a Springboard app. And you can click a button; it'll send you and open that, like program app-ish thing mm -hmm. and when you hit home it'll send you back to the springboard right um but if you open too many of them and too many objects are created you hit a memory error so when it hits a memory error i just tell the microcontroller to reset but that's a little janky i think so one one technique that people have been using for this is multiple mains where you like rename you have a launcher and then you rename the main that you want to launch from some other name to main or code and then you do the reset so, okay so that's a way um so you always do the reset it's just that you you, you basically it's like sort of like uh, a command line or shell script or something where you yeah you invoke another program entirely to do the thing right. in this case you're kind of bootstrapping yourself to do that okay. by changing the name of main instead of trying to keep everything in memory and cleaning up after yourself you just start with a fresh slate right. all right that sounds sounds good and then yeah, my, that's, i was yeah. i was thinking about this in terms of the uh like gaming handheld as well. And I my plan was to add the ability to tell the supervisor like, hey, next time you run, run this file instead. Um, so you wouldn't actually have to rename any of the files. You just like set some temporary state to the supervisor. Like don't run main next time, run this other thing. And then in, and then people can get away with not having a code.py at all. If in their boot.py they say like run this other thing, like. Then you're like less from dependent. NVMe run, not NVMe, but like from saved program name, run it. Um, I don't know what you mean. Um, when you reboot instead of going to main, right. you, you still have main.py. 
Right, you could you could have main.py that runs like when you first start up, but then main.py would say like, "Hey, next time you run this, run the VM, run this instead." Um, oh, as a way to just sounds... great. It's doing exactly what Dan's saying, except without having to rename files. You just mm -hmm. we would have some little bit of state that says, "This is the file name that I run next time." And then you could imagine okay. that if like if people never want to have a code.py, they could just add, have a boot.py that says like run this other thing instead. So Scott, I can't remember when we um you could do a hard reset, but do we have a, a, a way to do just the auto reload? Uh yeah, I think programmatically. Microcontroller.reset or is that hard? That's a hard that's a hard, that's a uh -huh. hard reset, but I think we do have a soft reset. I mean, you can raise reload exception, I think, but I think there's a supervisor I'm looking right now. I would put if it you, in, in supervisor. That's where I would do it. If you unmount from a drive, uh, from the main computer, you can edit a Python file as a piece of text, right? If you what? If, I, if you unmount from the computer? Is that the right terminology? You yeah, could remount it, yeah. could remount it, read, write, and then the, the host computer sees it read only. Right. Okay. And Which I would um, only do that when USB isn't connected. So you have to do that in boot.py. Right. Yeah. So, but, but I think so. But Scott's saying a sort of way. Um, right. I mean, this is an implemented deal yeah. with Scott. So, right, right. Yeah. This is or isn't. Sorry. It is not. What I was suggesting is not added yet. In any way, shape, or form? Uh, yeah, there. Like, we don't. We don't have a. Yeah, we don't. We don't have the piece of state of what file name to run yet. Okay. Um. Thank you. This was really helpful. And there is. Why is my pace not working? Am I in? in the wrong mode. Um, there's supervisor.reload, um, which will do a soft reload rather than a hard re reset. Is that the same as a control D at the REPL? Yes. So you could, you could for instance, save state in, um, instead of doing this file name renaming, you could also just have a, like a main that imports things um, initially, and then you wouldn't have to do the renaming and 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 remount the file system. Read write. You could store the state that you want to reload in NVM in the NVM or something like that. Mm. That that makes me think we should have some sort of like RAM scratch pad as well. It does because I don't really want to wear out. Right. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. Have a, yeah. Could one just randomly choose one of the free sections of Flash every time? Oh, but if you're software loading, never mind. Right. The thing is, you don't need it permanently stored. Yeah. Just as long as power's on. Right. So just the question is what? Right. What survives the soft reload after supervisors that reload? What survives? Right now, nothing really survives, but we could make we could make something survive. Right. 
like just an integer or something or a block a nvm kind of thing yeah mm -hmm. all right who wants to file a bug for that call it scratch memory or something um, uh, just, just as an idea to throw out here, could we make it easily definable rather than just hard code it? Like how big it is? Or or and or where it is, like how many pages or something like that. I don't want to highlight making work for other people. What can I say? Um, I, I think having a location simpler is better. What if it was in boot.py? To tell it how big it should be? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, I'm starting to have this model, like, you can set some state for the VM next time. It's fine. And so you could say, like, import scratch memory, scratch memory dot grow next time or or set size next time. And then re do the reload, and then you get scratch memory that's larger. Hmm. You just you lose heap space then, but right. I mean, and Scott's provided a general heap space sort of pre VM heap space allocator, so this would be perfectly right. And that right. that was a precondition for being able to do the string thing too. But maybe maybe it's right. Maybe I shouldn't worry about the like on next reset run this thing, and rather than just doing this like RAM that stays around and then it's more general. Yeah, I think that's really, I think that would work really great. Yeah. Sounds really useful. Cool. Well, who who wants to write an issue for that? Any volunteers? I'm, I'm willing to uh, be in an hour or so. Yeah, no worries. Okay. That'd be awesome. And then uh, any of us can follow up if we have other comments on it. Hello? All right. I'm still there. Yeah. Okay. I missed that. Yeah, just file Someone it. called me. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, file the issue and we'll follow up on the on the issue there. Uh, Sounds good. It, it, it could be a good first issue for anybody, actually, because um, it's not too hard. Mm. I'm definitely inexperienced. Issues. I bet you could do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know of any other weeds know. topics. Um, Deshipu, I know you came in late. Do you have hug reports and status updates? Nothing. Okay. All right. I'll wrap us up then um, after I take a time code. So this Happy is. All right. You're breaking up now. Okay, so bye. Um, so this is the uh, CircuitPython Weekly for November 19th, 2018. Everybody is welcome to join. And if you'd like to join, you can join our Discord uh, where we host the meeting uh, by going to the URL adafru.it slash Discord. That'll get you in. We're in the text channel most of the week, so uh, come chat with us uh, there. And then the voice channel Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, happy to have folks drop in and talk about whatever they're doing with CircuitPython or whether they're making things on a lathe, which is awesome as well. Um, let's see. Uh, this video was, or this was recorded. I, I record 
the uh, Discord channel um, and post it. It'll be posted on YouTube and Diode Zone, uh, which is a PeerTube instance for electronics videos uh, run by Scanline, which is really cool. Um, so thank you to Scanline for that hosting as well. Um, the links will be available um, in the Adafruit Daily Python for Microcontrollers newsletter that goes out Tuesday mornings. Uh, so take a look for it there. I'll also post in the text channel uh, links to the videos as well. Um, next week, we should be on our normal schedule. So uh, please join us next week. And until then, uh, we'll see you in the text channel. Thanks, all. Thanks, everyone.